Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Reedman. My friends are Jimmy Belikoff and Matt Visual. And yep. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're, you, made me, yeah. you made me a little giddy just now and you said my name right. I've done that a few times at least. I, I, maybe this is the first time I've just like legit noticed it, but you just did it and it feels good, man. It's it's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad I could uh, <laughs> could could finally finally grow up and pronounce pronounce names hey, right. It's, how normally you... How do you normally say it's it? A long time coming. I said Belyakov for a long ass belly, time. He, he says Belyakov. That's a how lot. it's spelled, though. I mean, you can't but, blame I mean, me, that's right? That's not how it's pronounced. Well, I've told you that. What I know. Spelled? I just, you, I just, you learned. You learned. I just have to defend you know. myself at some point. I mean, it's not. It's not like I was doing it maliciously. <laughs> right. No, I get that. I get that. But anyways, I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling pretty chill and tired actually because I was yeah. up all night putting up a video. Imagine that. Um, but oh, it's, no. it was, it was a pleasant one. I played Symphony of the Night this week, uh, twice and it was, oh. it was so pleasant. I mean, I had some like, I don't know, basic dry analytical criticism to say in the review, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the opportunity playing like, uh, a, a good game again. I, I have to say, I watched, uh, at least tangentially watched the video from across the room and Alex was watching it today. Uh, I liked, I liked the part where you mentioned uh, Super Metroid for about four seconds. <laughs> Super Metroid has better levels. I have the Castlevania. So. Yeah, that was that was my favorite part of the whole mm-hmm. uh, of the whole video. But um, yeah, it was a good video. I mean, I've never played Symphony of the Night, but I'm, I either. feel like I'm at that point where I've heard enough about it to where playing it is just like a formality at this point. You know? Yeah, that's kind of how I felt because there was so much hype around the Bloodstained campaign, and right, right. I was thinking, wow, if Bloodstained comes out and it's a big enough deal where I'm like expected to review it, I better mm-hmm. play, you know, the precedent. So I right. know and what which the I hell think I'm is talking true. about. I think it is big enough to that we're. I mean, at least you. I don't know about me, but people are are expected to give a review of it, much like a ukulele as well yeah definitely i mean there's like some things coming out that especially like um kickstarter indie projects like that that we are just like super hard to avoid like there's no Mm -hmm. way all of us would not have played shovel knight (laughs) right yeah yeah i think that i think that ukulele and bloodstained are going to be the uh the next shovel knights on the docket for people to excessively review and talk about and i mean I, I know that's kind of selling their quality high pretty early, but um, they seem like they're the kind of passion projects that are gonna be of that quality, at least at least of a good quality, if not that high. So I feel like we're gonna get like an avalanche of videos for both of them when uh, <laughs> from everybody when they come out, you know. And I mean, then when Ukulele bombs hard, like the, it's gonna be amazing. There, there's so, there's some <laughs> things about both these projects that are a little. 
a little off-putting. The the mock-up screenshot they have for Bloodstained and the footage they showed made it made it look kind of cheap. But I don't know. I mean, they have three million more dollars than what they started with at that point, and apparently right. also private investment. Apparently, um, in the video, Igarashi is saying that there are people interested in funding the project. They just wanted to gauge public interest. Which is interesting because now that's just kind of like uh, dangling a swinging pendulum over a lot of um, projects that might deserve to get made. But anyways, I don't know. Like, I want to like uh, how crowdfunding's here, but I guess I'm just um, comfortable understanding having it take a role as an alternative rather than a primary mm. mode for game development. Oh yeah, no, I get that. It, it just feels like someone who made the the majority of the Castlevania franchise itself should be able to I don't know kind of have better job security than having to crowdfund stuff or being expected to by people somehow more in, in a more I mean, authoritative like, position than him like the the way I see it is I'll look at like uh, okay you like with that statement Igarashi is the person who is behind you know most of the Castlevanias definitely has a record of of at least passable game design whether you like the Castlevanias <laughs> yeah. or not like, like, like what I'm saying is like classics yeah if you don't years like the, of that. the Castlevanias that he made you can at least admit that for what the games are they're designed pretty decently well and most people will say that they're designed really well um well and you're saying like you know turning to Kickstarter like they should have more job security than that I I kind of see it in the same vein of like how Jim Sterling is, you know, making his living off of a Patreon. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously a well-established uh, games critic and writer. Like, someone who should definitely have quote-unquote job security, but just sort of chose to do Patreon because that gives him more freedom to do the way he wants, you know? Is he still at 10000 a month? I, I'm but sure that, he is. probably way better than what he was making before anyways. I mean, right. I don't know about you but, guys, but I know how much these people get paid. It's not a lot... Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very highly likely under $10,000. Right. Anyways, I mean, you have to take into account heavy taxes on, uh, on donation money, but, um, still, still a decent amount of money. But what I'm saying is like, essentially same general principle, very established person in their fields could have quote unquote job security. However, their creative route leads them into a crowdfunding area because that makes more sense for what they actually want to do as a creative rather than, you know, what they can do to make money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just hope that's really how it works. Cause, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure... I mean, just just look at the, the fucking Kickstarter video for Bloodstained. It's hilarious. That thing, if, like, if the game is any anything like that kickstarter video i'm sure we're gonna get a cheesy hilarious awesome transylvanian like pseudo horror game. costume party right and it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome i would hope so i mean i'm just that that, that mock-up screenshot the the, the the shading of the hdr it looks kind of kind of kind of a little, a little budget conscientious well i mean that's also before they had three million dollars in Kickstarter money, so which is, which is true. It's quite that's quite a lot of money. And also the designs for ukulele, the the, the character itself seems a little. I don't know. I'm probably going to be be stepping on toes with this one, but they kind of creep me out. Uh, I don't think you are. I mean, I don't. I, I believe Yuka is the uh, chameleon. I don't particularly like Yuka's design. Lele the bat is cool, but. 
Um, I don't particularly like the chameleon's design. I think it's very, very minimal and very boring. It reminds not, me... Not very boring, but it's a little boring at least. It reminds me of a lot of cheap PS2 platformers, which is funny because that's just, just like a few years after Banjo was... was uh, that stuff started coming out all the time. But do you guys remember Scalar? No, I've never even heard of it. I ended up with Scalar from a uh, Christmas gift that was very, very awkward. You might want to do a quick Google search and see how... Oh, how similar yeah, these characters are, but yeah, like like from an era where the uh, the shovelware games were were kid friendly platformers. You had a lot it's of like characters that were very very minimalistic, hairless um, animals, anthropomorphs. I mean, I guess that just kind of fits with the uh, totally naked. I actually like well, like, okay. To be fair, looking at Scalar, I actually like. What scaler is? Scaler looks well, cool. I, yeah, I get. I yeah. Okay, I, I'm just trying to you, say like look at Yuka and look at Scaler, and the design complexity between the two is very apparent. Scaler has a lot of detail thrown in, whereas Yuka is very minimal, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I just think that in this case they could have hammed it up just a little bit to make it more interesting. I, I feel I like Yuka needs some accessories. Right, like Banjo had the backpack and shorts. It was a great backpack and shorts. If he didn't have the backpack and shorts, Banjo would be a completely boring character because he'd just be Cartoon Bear JPEG, and that's not like anything that anybody cares about. The Microsoft Word clip art. Right, I mean that's practically oh what gosh. he is. But give him the yellow shorts and the blue yeah. backpack, and then you have an interesting character. It's such Might a have nice been blue shorts player. and yellow backpack. I don't remember. I didn't play those games. It, it's interesting because I, I was playing this game called Steam World Dig and I didn't really mm-hmm. like the design of the main character at all and it, that kind of put me off from the game actually right. and but then I played it and I realized I didn't care and I just mm-hmm. really liked the gameplay so oh, it's, yeah. it's gonna be really yeah. interesting when you know ukulele comes out to see because I don't really like the designs either to be honest I like the mm-hmm. art style just not the designs it's the same the thing with Mighty Number no. 9 it looks like very like kiddish the Mighty yeah. Number no. 9 it's, you know I was hoping it would be like more Mega Man X, you know? Well, but, yeah. the only thing I don't like about Mighty Number no. 9 is that they could have just called it Mega Man and I wouldn't have noticed the difference. But, <laughs> right. but that's like it's the like whole the point. Thing. Yeah, but it's like, I think there's a point where it becomes like a difference between spiritual successor and like obviously derivative, you know? <laughs> I don't right. know. I, I'm sh- that's the thing is, I'm sure Mighty Number no. 9 is going to be such a good Mega Man game, but... And and like I said though, like that's the point. Like these projects are basically we're making Mega Man because Capcom won't. So let's right, call it like, Mega Man, Mega like, Man lawsuit. I feel like there's a laziness in not in not deviating enough to where it's like we're doing the gameplay that that everybody liked, but we're gonna take it in a direction that makes it like ours and not just like. Right. Right. Oh, I made this thing once. You want me to make it again? Well, like, you can dash through stuff. I guess that's I mean, cool. I, I feel I feel generally the same about Bloodstained and Ukulele, to be honest, but more so with Mighty Number no. Nine than those two. I guess is also, what I'm saying. I'm looking up that uh, Kickstarter mock-up screenshot they had ready for Mighty Number no. Nine, and it looks way better than the <laughs> than the actual well, like 3D demos they've been showing lately. It's it's nice 2D, crisp and. Uh, I, I thought yeah, you were going to say it looks better than the Bloodstained or Ukulele ones, and I was going to say, well, this is the difference between Keiji Inafune, who is still employed, versus uh, Iga or the Rare guys who are, like, long since been put into a, like, shitty position in their company. 
Yeah, uh, I, I for one, I'm really, really into this 2D, straight up 2D. That's it. Not none of that 3D to the uh, plane platforming. I, I, I just oh, really like the sprites. 5D. And, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 2.5D. Yeah, I'm really into this 2D instead. I just oh, something something has to be said about this really good 2D. Like I don't know. I, I, I guess I feel, you could call it pixel art. I want to agree with you, and I yeah. think it's because I just came off of Symphony of the Night, which has such good pixel art. But I think it just I don't know. Depends on how well the style is executed for the individual game. Yeah, right, I, right, right. The, I often see people complaining about like uh, pixel art and uh, all that and stuff. And it's like it's not. It's not a crutch. Like people don't use pixel art because it's easy. People use pixel art because it's like a style. It's oh like, yeah, and it was black practical and white, for the like, longest time. And right, and all. But I mean, like modern games, like that'd be saying like, oh, modern black and white photography is like, oh, it's a crutch. Like it's not a crutch. Black and white photography can be artistic in a way. It's just like it's what the, the artist is trying to achieve. And obviously, pixel artists these days, unless like there's an obvious, you know, situation where they like are just trying to like cut corners most aren't and most are making like beautiful pixel art and people are just like eh, pixel art where are they cheap and but easy? Like, like the no. difference between good and bad pixel art is like absolutely astounding and when you right. look at like some like snk backgrounds mm-hmm. like if you load up blaz blue or king of fighters or something and right. um see how much is going on in the background you might actually see more little details because the artist is actually building it in by the pixel right there is actually a higher density of detail in a lot of these really high quality professionally made uh pieces of pixel art than than in other mediums sometimes when they get into it enough pixel art stuff is mostly for side scrolling games anyway or or top down you know pseudo 2d 3d games i guess 2.5d but i mean like stuff like a link to the past or an rpg where it's like top down but it's still two-dimensional um and like that stuff just works better for for with 2d art anyway in my opinion at least from what i've seen like i wouldn't want fucking braid with like rendered 3d shit that would look fucking dumb like it's not pixel art but it's like painted 2d art and that fits the style and if it was pixel art i'm sure it would still fit the style because the 2d needs the 2d art for it to like feel as 2D as possible. Here's a perfect know. example. It, it, there's a uh, there's a a thing in the a link in um, Skype, uh, but it's called Mega Spear, and this is pixel art, right? But it's okay. a style. So, it's not a, a like I don't know a subtraction from the game. You know? Oh this, yes, okay. Yeah, see, yeah. See, yeah. That, just see how to beautiful clarify, that looks. Viewers, Google Mega Sphere right now, so you can see what we're seeing and. Yeah, this if looks you want the exact com is where it's yeah. from. I, I, I don't even. Is this a game or did the artist yeah, just make game. GIFs? It's a game. Yeah, it's like a beautiful looking game. Holy hell! They yeah. look like so, they look like polygonal three D models, but like textured. Right. It's almost like, like a Donkey Kong art. Country kind of art where it's like pre-rendered 3d stuff into pixels but it's a little more pixelized and defined than that well they're moving a hell of a lot smoother than than like a pre-rendered sprite would like i'm my my brain is like having a hard time comprehending this image because there's like bump mapping and and lighting and stuff happening on top of what looks like pixel art but 
with skeletal animation instead of hand-drawn animation at the same time. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted to give a, you know, a good example for people, you right. know, who think, like, you know, pixel art is just like, Oh, it's just an old thing. You know, every, it's all about the realistic graphics. Well, you need to look at stuff like this. People who actually, I mean, it, it's not so much that that bugs me. It's just people who kind of think that that pixel art is like a, a cutting corners, easy way out sort of thing. I mean, for like, some developers, yeah, they do that, but not all. Well, pixel that's the thing art. is, like, I see more instances where it is an art style than I do where it's like the easy way out. Right. Like, I've seen less games that are shitty pixel art that are just like this is the only thing I can manage mm-hmm. over the amount of games that are like mm-hmm. this is our really like interesting defined pixel style. Have you ever like, heard? Like, I mean, like, Ooh. I don't know. Go ahead. Have you ever heard the term programmer art? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, like the difference. I don't know. Pixel art and programmer art. The line between the two is thin. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I I get where they're coming from, but more often than not, people are just like jumping the gun on what is not actually lazy or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. They probably haven't played enough. Like if you've played Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery, have oh, you guys God. ever played? That such is a, such a good art style. Jeez. Oh, oh, like it's perfect. And it was perfect for my phone because it first right. came out on the phone and, you know, it's low res. It's pixel art. So it just looked so beautiful and crisp on my little tiny phone that I had at the time. And, it, oh, my gosh, it was able to convey so many emotions. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get that. So many emotions. So yeah, this, they they probably did it because it 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 would do good on low resolution phones. Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. and they made it beautiful. And it, it, it's it's just an art style. It's you know, it, it doesn't have to be like oh, because we're cutting corners. But yeah, right. But I I just want to interrupt ourselves real quick to say mm-hmm. what the hell have we been playing this week yeah because uh, we just jumped straight into like <laughs> sudden discussion about kickstarters and shit and then didn't even like <laughs> didn't even shoot the breeze first uh well i think i well, already explained I mean, myself you, yeah, you, yeah you mentioned you mentioned uh symphony and Castle, I which is how we got into pixel art i played a little bit of hyrule warriors a couple weekends uh, uh, a couple weeks ago and i don't know if i've gotten a chance to talk about that I don't remember you saying much about it now. Okay, well, a friend of mine brought his copy over. We played for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if it's my jam. I mean, I really? yeah, enjoyed it for a couple hours, but I couldn't imagine myself like sitting down for a for a six hour stint at the end of a day. No, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a, a like turn your brain off kind of romp. Yeah, and I, I just don't know if I like can be in a Zelda mode at the same time as a turn-your-brain-off mode. I, I think the Zelda part is purely aesthetic. Mm. Um, there's not, like, it's it's not a Zelda game as far as I'm concerned. It's a Dynasty Warriors with a Zelda game skin on it. And also, as a Dynasty Warriors game, it kind of taps into a lot of my own personal pet peeves. I really, really hate pop-up messages. Oh, And God, Hyrule Warriors dude. is, like, borderline an engine for pop-in reference messages. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. With... With no, added I, I, gameplay features. That's that's well, that's what that is the bad part about Monster Hunter that I complain about so often is is I mean like I hope this doesn't sound racial or anything, but it's just a Japanese Uh-oh. developer thing. Uh oh. They tend to throw pop up tutorials that freeze gameplay in your face so much more than than uh, Western developers. As I mean, as far as I've played, at least maybe Ego Raptor like, needs to translate his video. <laughs> 
maybe i mean it's just like this it's this shitty thing where it's like i am playing a game i'm having fun and i have momentum and suddenly the game is like halt you're under arrest stop in the name of the law and then you're like what is wait what am i doing wrong and it's like you're not doing anything wrong but you could press b to jump and it's like okay and well, why did you stop me you, i could just figure that out by hitting b you know what's I have the, the controller the in best my thing in the world is when mm -hmm. you figure something out um or you're just pressing buttons before the pop-up tutorial uh comes and you accidentally click out of it without having a chance to see what it said I love mm -hmm. that. That's my favorite thing. I, I want every game to do that, to, to set up a kind of level, a little experimental tutorial ground where I just press buttons and find out what happened while pop-up messages are coming up at an inconsistent rate that has right. me pressing buttons to take them off the screen so I miss really important shit. That's so great. That's fantastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, okay, in Hyrule Warriors, I was missing a shitload of stuff that was popping up because I was busy playing a game at the same time. And I, I didn't, I would not know what the hell, what, what to do or where to go unless my friend was telling me, no, look, all that stuff on the screen, it's useless. Just go to the giant flashing dot on the minimap instead. And mm -hmm. so you go to giant dashing flots on the minimap instead, wail your way effortlessly through crowds of hundreds of enemies who don't really fight back. And when right. you need to go to the next, uh, square on the map you just kind of casually walk there except you don't have like casual walking speed the whole like technical presentation also seemed like kind of janky you just uh either walk at a very very brisk clip or not at all there's mm -hmm. no footstep noises when people move that weirded me out more so than maybe it should have there was just like one image on the screen that a moment where i was in a giant outdoor map themed as if we were inside caves and there were like a hundred Hyrulean soldiers on the screen running around to the next point of interest and not a single footstep noise to be heard while pop-up messages were flashing on and off every like all four corners of the screen at the same time. Mm -hmm. And when I was just like looking at, at this huge mess on the screen, I was like, I don't really know if it's my jam, guys. Yeah, I could see that. Apparently well, there's crafting. And then character upgrades too. So all all my pet peeves in one place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I played I played some Hyrule Warriors when Gerard was completing it because we all uh we all helped him do the grinding to level ninety nine on every character, which was I mean as about as boring as it sounds, but I had fun plowing through enemies. Is like it feels good because it's meant to feel good because you're meant to feel stupidly strong. But um, the thing that annoyed me was. There was this one level, which is the level that we always uh, grinded on, and uh, it was like there's like pretty much every every enemy yeah. boss appears on that level at some point, but they always play the cutscene, and it's like after you play the level like twice, it's like I don't fucking care. How do they miss that it. stuff? Zant shows up, and then uh, new bad guy girl shows up, and then Ganondorf shows up. And it's like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. A whiz rope shows up at some point. I don't care. <laughs> like, don't play the don't play the cutscenes. I know who they are. I know what they do. Is, is, like, was I'm that well Alex versed. or Gerard laughing just then? No, that was somebody sneezing, actually. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It, it's weird that they miss that type of stuff. It, 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 it makes you think, it's, like, who... 
Who in Japan is like, is there like Japan, is there a, a John Tron equivalent to like a, in the Japanese audience or like just reviewers in general? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they have just like, like reviewers, just like but they're pointing just out as this bad. crap. Right. Just like, I, I don't know. That's the thing is like, do they care? We also have to think that the Japanese uh, audience is different than the Western mm-hmm. audience, and what they put up with is different than what the Western audience put up with. They love with. text. They, 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 they have their dating simulators that are just text boxes, pop ups, well, the game. Okay. See, but here's the thing that's not equivalent design. Text boxes in a 100% story-driven game based on story-driven choices, I mean, that's fucking Mass Effect, and that's huge in the Western audience. However, in a fucking action game where you're fucking trying to do action, and then the text box shows up and tells you stuff that you don't care about, that's not the equivalent to a dating sim with text that you do care about. If you're playing a dating sim, you're probably going to read a lot, and you're probably probably prepared for that, excuse me. But if you're playing an action game where you're like, I'm going to go hit things with my sword, a.k.a. Hyrule Warriors, Monster Hunter, and then it's like, read these things. No, I don't want to. I want to hit things with sword. Hitting sword and and reading things are two different things, and I don't want to do the second one. Like... But they just put it in anyway, and so I don't think it's a it's a matter of like Japanese audiences want to read more text. I think it's a matter of they don't understand that maybe reading text is not the best design choice in a game where you want to be running around hitting shit with your sword. Well, when you're talking about like the differences between these two cultural styles of game design, I mean, like you can't necessarily call anything the best then because now all of a sudden that whole definition is going to change drastically by a measure of millions of people within each market. Well, the thing is, it's I know like I know the markets obviously tolerate different things, but tolerate is the key word. Like Or just I, I preferences. They have different preferences. Right, but do Japanese audiences really prefer more text, even if the text is like, Oh my god, I'm stopping the game right now to let you know that you hit a thing with your sword. Did you know swords do damage when you hit with them? <laughs> Did you know you can swing the sword with the X button? I mean, you might have known that because you already hit swing the sword, and that's why I'm telling you that you can do damage with it. But did you know that? Like, that's literally Monster Hunter text boxes in a nutshell. Like, you do a thing, and then it stops you to tell you that the thing you did was good. And it's like, no. Just make the monster recoil, and then that, that's all I need to know. But, like... I'm wondering, is that really a audience thing or is that a developer's staying stagnant thing? I don't know. I mean, like if, if Monster Hunter was designed by Western developers, would it have the same conventions? The would Witcher they has a hell of a lot thing? of flavor text. But that's also the Witcher is a much more story oriented game than Monster Hunter. So, so it's does like, the thing, does it, does it stop you mid combat with Monster is what I'm saying? Because that's what it does in Monster Hunter. Only for, like, the first hour no. when you're going through the uh, pop-up tutorial process. that <laughs> Which, which sounds like Monster Hunter, albeit yeah. a bit shorter. But, what, The yeah, Witcher like, 3 pop-ups? Well, in The Witcher 1 and 2, you have oh, pop-ups oh, okay. and during oh, your yeah, first three. few combat encounters. Um, but, oh, okay, yeah. In the second one, you go through a, a tutorial area, basically. MMOs, they're, they're a little analogous to Monster Hunter, kind of. You don't necessarily get pop-ups that pause the game so much as you get pop-ups that you have to uh, <laughs> close with your you mouse do. window. The Japanese ones, the, you get pop-ups a lot. I've played I a lot big, of those. My big problem is the ones that pause the game. I think that is... That's too much. I, I, I think it's... I, could, I would almost call it insulting game design. Like, 
I, I just think that stupid Americans absolutely everything to tell somebody some like pretty much fucking asinine thing about your game that they is, would know if they just pressed buttons right like it, it's it's one of those situations where it's like give the player at least some credit like if they can't fucking figure it out most people will probably pause and look for a controls menu right and that's oftentimes like the best solution <laughs> right and like i i'm firmly of the belief that like let people just experiment until they get it and, you know, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Splatoon shoved a lot of, like, tutorialism in your face through the single player. At the same time, it never paused the game. It was just like, Ooh. oh, those guys throw grenades at you. Watch out for that. But it was, like, a small text thing at the bottom of the screen. And I, it didn't matter. Like, I, if I didn't read it, I would just figure it out 20 seconds later when I got blown up by the grenade or when I dodged the grenade. Like, it wasn't a thing where it was like, wait, halt, stop. Do you know? It's like, yeah, I'll fucking figure it out. And it just let me figure it out regardless. This reminds but, me of yeah. something really, really interesting that Symphony of the Night does, actually. Where really? they start you off in a high-pressure mock boss battle right in the very beginning of the game mm -hmm. where you can't actually die. But, oh, yeah, that's right. The Dracula yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. It's a mock Dracula fight. You can't die. If your health goes all the way down to zero, a character walks onto the stage and gives you an invincibility buff. However, you are being silently judged during your performance during this mock boss battle in the beginning. And depending on how well you perform during this prologue chapter will affect mm -hmm. how much stats and healing items they give you for the full game. So it's kind of like an invisible difficulty selection menu that you hmm. don't actually click through. Instead, you select your difficulty by proving yourself with what the game designers deemed worthy. Mm -hmm. Kind of. It doesn't necessarily work in practice. It's actually lopsided. But I thought it was like a cool idea. Like a lot of the stuff I was getting into the reviews, I didn't mention this one in particular. But if you beat Dracula really, really fast and don't get hit at all, they actually give you higher stats and more potions. If you don't beat Dracula and um, get hit a few times on your way and take like more than five minutes in this opening boss battle, you start the game with no bonuses. I feel like if they wanted to be really invisible about tutorials they could totally flip that situation around when i was mm -hmm. watching the um double fine devs play with uh anna kipnis and and igarashi playing this game together he said mm -hmm. that this was actually incentivized to help higher skilled players not lower skilled players to get mm -hmm. through that boss battle faster and more skillfully and get rewarded for that mm -hmm. um so that's like that's just and that's interesting in and of itself like that's a radically different way of looking at this uh situation that i would very highly prioritized from I don't know whatever kind of situation I'm living in where where I'm like yo tutorials are super important the first five minutes of a game are super important meanwhile mm -hmm. Igarashi is designing this thing he's like no the people who are replaying it the second time need to wake the fuck up for this boss battle and do it fast not the first mm -hmm. time and I'm like what that's interesting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyway well, oh. so Matt what have you been playing this week Oh man! Other than um, the stuff that's on the channel, I, I, I well, I, I went back and played a little bit more Brawlhalla in the. Oh yeah, yeah! I haven't redeemed my code actually, but I'm actually eager to. I'm wondering what it's like when I'm by myself in a quiet room. It's better. It's better. Really? It's actually better. Yeah, I played it on stream, and then I started playing it by myself because I kind of, 
I really enjoy doing the combos. Uh, the online tends to be a little bit laggy for some reason now. Well, uh, some of the matches get a little laggy, but you know, and some of them are pretty good. But I don't know. I, maybe it's probably better in ranked one v ones. I haven't tried that yet. But I've been playing a little mm-hmm. Brawlhalla. But I did pick up and finish. Um, which is kind of like my toilet games, you know, the stuff that you play like on the side. That you get you your know, like, particles all over. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're rendering a video, you know, when right. you need to use the restroom, stuff like that. Um, Steam World Dig. And I, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to get drawn in. You know, it's one of those. I got it from the Humble Indie Bundle mm-hmm. or Humble Nintendo Bundle and right. um, downloaded all the games. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let me try this out, right? Okay. It, yeah, it surprised me. It's it's a very basic and simple game. You know, it's not anything like groundbreaking, but it's mm-hmm. you know, it's a little Metroidy. Um, you you play as a, a a robot, and you're digging through this like mine shaft, and you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper, and things get harder and harder as you earn, as you collect more gems. You can upgrade your drill and upgrade your pickaxe and upgrade your armor and health and and your steam. Okay, uh, which allows- I just want to say, yeah, this sounds amazingly like an old flash game called Motherload. Motherload. I feel like I remember that. Mother I don't. I don't want to take away from your from your description of the game, but I just want to interject real quick. There was a Steam version of this game released called Super Motherload. That was a sequel. I did not like it as much as the original. Wow, this looks kind similar. Of, this... It's it's like square based, like digging, and you have to do mines, and you like dig up certain you know gems and shit, and you take them back to the surface, and you upgrade all your mining stuff. Oh, like this eventually has there's a story. It. Yeah, it's like. That sounds like a spiritual successor, but there is a real successor called Motherload or Super Motherload on Steve that I played and I didn't really like more than the original. But I just wanted to say that that sounds very. It's interesting that that sounds so similar. Uh, maybe I'll have to look this up to see if it is similar. Yeah, it's it sounds extremely even looks from uh, familiar as well. Really? Um, yeah. Interesting. So you go through uh, different dungeons. Uh, you go mm-hmm. through a dungeon just to get f- uh, upgrades from it. So you you'll mm-hmm. find there's three dungeons in every like section of like each map, and you have to be careful the way you dig because mm-hmm. you won't be able to get back up if you dig a certain way. So you got to make really? sure you don't have your double jump yet. So you have to make sure you you dig. Um, um, you know, going from one corner to the next or and sometimes things hinder you like rocks that you can't destroy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they you might dig um, too much and fall very far and not be able to get back up again. So you have a choice to keep digging further down or sub, um, uh, d- self-destruct and take mm-hmm. the, the, f- the 50% loss to your gold, which is a lot depending on what, right. how much you have on you. There's lots of little things that really make it a very polished little game that's just really fun to play it took me like six hours to beat it over a week and you know every 30 minutes or every hour you know play play a little bit um mm-hmm. for the short bursts and it, it's a fantastic game and it has a nice little boss battle at the end that you use all your power-ups to the defeat and it's pretty tight i would recommend it especially because it's so cheap definitely i mean Literally, that is that is motherload in a nutshell. You use all your power ups to fight a boss at the very end of the game. It has to be and like special. I, I wonder. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna 
I'm I tried take a to break Google from it my and... fishing. Steamworld dig, right? Yeah, yeah. Steamworld dig. Let's go to images. Looks kind of like a spelunky dig dug. Oh, this looks so similar. Yeah, I've been googling it while you're like a character. You're you're like a walking character and not a ship. Oh my god! Okay, I just saw what the overworld looks like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It looks exactly the same. It's just a bunch of still a bunch of shops next to each other. There's like a little mini map on the side. Okay, all right. This has to have like taken some inspiration from it. it I wonder if there's like has to be like similar devs that worked on it or something because mm. this looks crazy similar. I mean, not that it's a bad thing. Right. Um, Motherload was like my favorite flash game ever. Uh, I've I've beaten that game like twelve times. You should probably um, play this then. the The original Motherload is very good. Super Motherload kind of throws some weird shit in. It adds like certain areas of the digging are like puzzle based, but they're like really fucking easy puzzles, and it's kind of just takes away from the whole experience. Um, the original Motherload I feel was a more enjoyable game because it felt more random. Um, though the Super Motherload does throw in some weird story stuff, and the story stuff is pretty cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird that I that SteamWorld Dig kind of went under my radar. Yeah, like in the beginning, it's very basic. You know, enemies are very easy to defeat, and then as you go deeper, crazy stuff starts coming up into play, and you can that die would be one big easily difference. if you're not that would paying be one attention. Big is there's no uh, there's no enemies in Motherload, just the uh, the not so secret boss that's at the end of the game. Yeah, it gets a little spelunky at the end. Uh, not mm. as crazy as spelunky does, mm. but yeah, it gets a little spelunky at the end. I still you know, have acid drips and stuff. Spelunky. Is it normal to beat spelunky? Should I should I be self conscious no. about that? No. Yeah, because I can't decide if I want to uninstall it or not. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's very hard. Very few people have beaten spelunky. Why? Wow. Few like the developers even are okay using with the caveman. That? I'm saying, like, not many people play through a whole session of Spelunky without just, like, fucking dying. <laughs> well, what about doing it the slow way, like, with the caveman and, like, upgrading your, your stuff slowly as you go along and getting never, rich slowly? I don't, even, I, don't, I don't know much about the game, to be honest, but regular Spelunky playthrough with Spelunky Man with the big red nose. I know not a lot of people reach the end. Maybe I should change my character then. I wonder if the other characters can take more hits or something. I don't think so. I'm super self-conscious about my Spelunky, you know? I get, <laughs> I like, I've had this thing on my Steam account forever, and it's something I've been meaning to play through, and every time I don't have anything to play, I load up Spelunky, and I'm like, hey, this is fun, but then I die, and I try to do it again and beat it, and I try so hard, and I just can't. It's, it's so, you get it's so far. rough. You get far the first time, like the first playthrough, the first time you sit down, and then the next time you die as soon as you get outside, and you're oh, like, yeah. oh. That's real. Oh, okay. Um, I think I might want to play something else. <laughs> yeah, and but I don't know if I ever want to uninstall it and like put finally put it away. Like I enjoyed it for the first six hours or so, and I know like this is some people's favoritest game ever and i don't really know if i'm like seeing that and i just feel bad for missing out on on that kind of fun did you get a tile I mean, swap oh what does that I mean i guess it de like did you get out of the i guess what is it the kv jungle ish oh, oh uh, yeah yeah i the farthest i've gotten was i think the second level of the ice caves mm. how far is that is that far i don't, I don't know, know. I, actu I actually to be honest don't own spelunky 
but I know quite a bit about it because of the people that I work with. There are people who swear by this game, and I just I just yeah. wish I want to give it a fair shot and make sure that I'm giving it a fair shot. But anyways, um, a friend of mine just gifted me Valkyrie Chronicles. I'm really excited about that. But uh, we oh, are going to... That's an cons- oldie. Oh, yeah, it's an oldie, but everyone loves it. I mean, it's it's some I've been wanting some to play that shameless weeaboo shit. I, I always yeah, I always love that every now and then. I mean, it's it's good to to get my fill of that every weeaboo. every few months. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, after after this quick break, when we run off for for bathrooms and drinks, we will be back with some news. Enter the future, Vector Man, the most revolutionary game ever for Sega Genesis. And play to win for a chance at a $25,000 grand prize. Vector Man. Resistance is futile. Hello and welcome back to the TOVG podcast. <laughs> we're we're yeah. feeling, feeling fancy in here tonight. A lot of cool stuff was happening this week. I guess I didn't notice it all because a lot of it happened today while I was sleeping after pulling my all-nighter, my, my weekly Wednesday nighter. But uh-huh. um, apparently there was, well, I was going to talk about the Oculus Rift stuff later and have that discussion we were having earlier about VR. But before then, though, this other news topic that's been distracting me all week besides sleeping in today is that mm-hmm. uh, the Sonic official Twitter account, the franchise in general, has just kind of gone nuts. I This is a story I'm very invested in. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot. It's It's fun. It's fun. It's it's good old exploitive horrible grindhouse fun. It's it's self-deprecating, it's, depressing, hopeless fun. But here's the thing: <laughs> is it smarter than Sonic marketing has ever been? It's the best thing that's mm. happened to this franchise in uh, in years. So it's literally, literally, it is <laughs> for, seriously for listeners who aren't super savvy on social media. The Sonic PR person apparently um, swapped out um, in the beginning of June. There mm-hmm. previously was a woman named Kelly Parker heading it. Now she has been, um, she left for another job and for some chemotherapy treatments, apparently, and oh, was replaced. That? Yeah, I know. There's a, there's a dark Sorry underlying to, to this in so many ways. But, um, no, she's fine. She's got, she's got a new job at a different PR firm. Um, she's been replaced by a guy named Aaron Weber, who is now mm-hmm. tweeting under the official Sonic the Hedgehog account. Well, supposedly. Right. And, 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 like, it's, all of a sudden literally overnight the sonic twitter account just started like saying these incredibly it it turned into like an instant smart ass which is ironic because that's the brand and in a way right but here's the thing though (laughs) it's not like a smart ass in the way where it's like fucking with people it is a smart ass to where it is sonic the hedgehog that is self-aware that understands how, <laughs> how much of a meme Sonic that Sonic is. is. It understands the the highest and lowest parts of the fan base, and it's playing it off in a way that that offends absolutely nobody. It is. I had one friend beautiful. who was offended already. Actually, well, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who gifted me Valkyrie Chronicles. Well, fuck that game too. No. <laughs> well, you know, oh, what God. I'm saying is, there's there's like. This is literally the best thing that the Sonic the Hedgehog PR team has ever done because they're acknowledging the shitty parts of Sonic. <laughs> they're playing off it, making fun of it. They're acknowledging shitty fan art and the, like all the gotta go fast, like deliberately poorly drawn memes of Sonic. They're 
they're doing everything right to make me respect Sega again. Honestly. <laughs> really? That's what it I, ta- that's that's like so sad and amazing at the same time. Okay. Okay. Let me let me explain this a little better then. Yes. But Sega and Sonic the Hedgehog are the worst things on the planet is in the games industry, as far as I'm concerned. They're doing they, good with the Total War They ignore War brand. the fact that they're a terrible game series and franchise and character and everything. <laughs> and they just plow yesterday. on ahead as if nothing is wrong. You know that picture from fucking, I think it's Gun Show Comics, where it's like the dog in a suit and a hat and he's in a house and it's on fire and yeah. he's like, this, this is, is okay. okay. That's fucking Sega and this Sonic the Hedgehog. Everything's burning down. They're just like, nothing's wrong. This is fine. I'm good. This is them finally being like, ah, we're on fire. Yeah, it's stupid. We should have we should have addressed this a long time ago. They're being so self-aware and they're like connecting with unlike an actual hip, not like a fake hip, not like a we're we're cool with the memes. Like, no, they actually fucking get it. They actually fucking get it. Whoever the guy is, he gets it. Aaron, and that's a good Aaron thing. Weber. Um, because he knows how to make people laugh. be interested in what yeah, he's making people laugh. He's making people retweet the account. Every tweet has gotten like 400 retweets because it's so goddamn funny that Sonic the Hedgehog is posting a a Photoshop of Sonic Boom, Fieri, and Ice that shows Guy Fieri and Ice-T as like the tag team for the new Sonic game. I love that. I'm looking at that right now. No other Twitter for an official game is doing that, and that's fucking great. It's 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 especially... It's especially ironic that all of this happened the day after they announced the new Sonic Boom game. It has to be deliberate, and that's why it's so good. My Skype friends were, like, astounded that they were even announcing another Sonic Boom game. And I I read through how how shitty they think it is and how, like, laughably horrible the first one is. And, lol, I can't believe they're doing another Sonic Boom game. And then, like, just a few hours later, I notice it begins. The official Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter account starts showing up on my feed. Like, I have nothing to do with this. I did not follow Sonic the Hedgehog. I still don't. I just check up on it every once in a while because it's been, like, two days. retweets to where I see it now. But a fan asks... in Sonic oh, Boom, so Fire good. and Ice, do we gotta go fast or gotta go at a medium pace? Please don't say we gotta go slow. Sonic the Hedgehog officially replies and says, you know there's only one correct answer. And then posts that, like, crayon scribble of, of this, yeah. like, blue circle with a mustache who says yep. gotta go fast. Yes. And, and it just it goes on like, from there. The more you scroll up... It's one up, of the staple <laughs> images of, like, bad Sonic gotta go fast and, and images. There's, there, like, the there's a collection account. of those. Yeah. It's so good. That is why it's so good. Oh, so God. in in the past two days, the official Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter account hasn't just been reposting bad Sonic fan art. They've also been like riffing on the worst and the most bizarre aspects of the Sonic fandom that exists. Like mm-hmm. they they make fun of Sonichu. They make fun of Big the Cat. A recurring yeah. joke is that there's going to be some kind of GameSpot exclusive Big the Cat fishing and dating sim. <laughs> And it, this guy has posted about it like four times. Like something that that would come out of the bowels is now coming out of like the official horse's mouth, right? Because because the, they just the PR person just does not give a shit anymore and is riding it to the top. Yeah, it's great. It's smart. It's great, and it's working because <laughs> I care now. I don't care how. Actually, I don't care how good the next Sonic Boom is. I feel like you just care about what this guy says on the Twitter. Okay, here's the thing: is I feel like they have something at their sleeve now. 
because they're doing this marketing scheme that makes me actually care. I know what the new Sonic Boom is called. I know <laughs> more about it than I would like to admit. They've penetrated guy, their brand deep inside. Because this guy has started making Sonic actually funny and actually interesting and actually cool. Like he probably was in the 90s and then stopped being. <laughs> and that's like, like the greatest irony of it all. Like the Attitude Era of Sonic begun two days ago. But that was like right. how he was billed as for 30, 25 years or so. And, and it's, uh, I guess... It, it, it I wouldn't fits say, in the stupidest way. I wouldn't say it begun as so much as it came back. Because I'm sure he was Attitude Era perfect <laughs> in the 90s when he came out. But then it stopped because it never evolved. And now it finally, they got a guy who's like, you need to fucking evolve. And then he did it. And they did it. And it's working. So, and like, so that's the thing. Like, that's so conversation is evolving. I, 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 I want to hear the conversation of him like, okay, you guys hired me? Alright, so this is what we're going to do. And they're like, no. No. I, I hope there no, was I just want to see him like, pulling up like, bad Sonic fan art on his, right, on his fucking right. phone and everything. He's like, we're going to reply to people with this. <laughs> we're going to show people a picture of Guy Fieri and Ice-T and it's going to be great. And people are going to love us. Sonic and the guys at, at Sega are just like, Ice. Yeah, and the guys at Sega are just like... I'm putting my trust in you. Please don't, don't make it <laughs> face Sonic. firmly in palm. They're just like, yeah. we'll let him do it for a little while, I guess. And then, and then he he calmly looks at them and says, "I can't fuck anything up farther than you already have." <laughs> okay, all right. Amazing. I think that's, that's that's a good a good space to leave that one at. Sonic has gone down so low that the only place he can go now is up, even by going lower. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so besides that, over the past um, two days, we also had some uh, uh, pre-E3 reveals on Metal Gear Solid 5 news. I apologize if we're, like, switching down a bit on the docket so I can go in chronological order. But anyways, mm -hmm. um, did you guys see the new Ratchet & Clank trailer? They're making a new I Ratchet and Clank. I heard about it, didn't watch no, it. No, I did not. It doesn't actually look bad, actually. It looks like a real video game. It huh. also looks really good, actually. I think um, it looks like what they're doing here is something sort of like a remake of the first game. They announced this movie last year, and I mm -hmm. think that uh, this game's supposed to be based on the movie. It's a movie tie-in, so it might suck. But it looks like a lot of the same places, characters, and events, and guns, and gameplay are... Uh, straight up remade from the very first Ratchet and Clank, just done totally new. Not not even so much as an HD remaster, so much as like a remake from scratch. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, from the ground up. Which uh, I would be okay with, because mm -hmm. the first game is actually pretty 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 good, pretty decent. It's it's aged very well too. It still looks good actually. Ratchet and Clank One looks way better than any game from like 2002 has a right to. Mm -hmm. And it's um kind of keeping well with uh with the next gen trends there's a lot of a lot of motion a lot of clutter and a lot of uh colors all on the screen at the same time it's actually one mm -hmm. of the better reveal trailers i've seen in a while but it's also based on a like shitty tie-in animated movie well i don't know if it's shitty i just have a feeling that any movie based on like something like ratchet and clank's not gonna not gonna exactly be overwhelming with charm that's fair I think it's fair to to think that in 2015, video game movies still aren't going to do good. Nope. Because they just probably are never going to do good. Nope. Because video game movies generally suck. 
Is um, it me or does it look really good? I, it looks like, like a, it, the the graphics, you know, like it's oh, weird because yeah, yeah. I, I usually don't think about level. graphics anymore. The only thing that that got me thinking of graphics in video games now have been uh, The Witcher Three because The Witcher Three well, just looks fantastic. But now, like when I, mean, I look at this, this looks like a straight up like when you're watching an animated movie, you know. Here's the thing, though. The Witcher Three made you think of graphics, but I know something else that also made you think of graphics, which uh-huh. was uh, Mega which was the the Conquer game on Project Spark. Uh, okay. Right? Oh, he's he's yeah. still he's that still made, having that made, it. Yeah, that, that oh man, I vomited just a little bit in my mouth. But yeah, yeah, yeah it, it didn't make you think of him in a positive light, but it made you think of graphics for sure. Yeah, for sure, definitely. So it like definitely. it holds up visually. Surprisingly, yeah. and um, it also the trailer that it showed actually looks like a game like it's characters running with like video game run animations, not CG trailer run animations through through mm-hmm. busy battlefields full of enemies. They're blowing up. I like I like this. I'm OK with this. And they showed I've never played Ratchet and Clank, though, because I, I wasn't a PlayStation kid when I was younger, but I did like the concept of it. It seemed like a cool game that I would like. So maybe I'll maybe I'll definitely one of the better um, um late Mario platformer clones of the right mm. riding off the long long trail of Mario 64 clones from the 90s mm-hmm. uh, there was and really good good little rivalry slash cooperation going between Ratchet and um, Jack and Daxter back in the day that was that was fun right I do remember that oh uh, but you know they actually showed gameplay right because uh, that's yeah. what I'm watching I didn't see the trailer uh did you watch the Ooh. new boss he uh, like for, shoots for Ratchet yeah, he shoots out a disco ball, and the boss literally starts breakdancing. I have not seen awesome. this one. I just saw the trailer. Yeah, it's actually showing Ooh. the gameplay of finding sharp. a boss, and it's showing mm-hmm. like a pixel gun, and then the disco ball. Oh, That's the pixel probably, gun was in the trailer. That looked fun. That That is, that is pretty, pretty good. Okay. Um, so let's blitz through some of these other pre-E3 stuff fast. Uh, we got a new Shantae Half-Genie Hero trailer. We were talking about 2.5D art and pixel art and stuff earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen this trailer or not, but apparently Shantae Half-Genie Hero is going to have 3D backgrounds with 2D sprites on top of them. I did not see this. Which, uh, is, is always kind of a risky art style to be, um, going with. It looks... I mean, which, which is, which is, uh thematically relevant because Shantae's one of Shantae's enemies names is Risky so <laughs> didn't uh, but yeah it I don't I I'll, I'll reserve judgment for when the final thing comes out but right it wasn't it wasn't it didn't look like super duper mega sharp and polished like especially compared to this ratchet and stuff or even I don't know like Shovel Knight kind of plays it safer with with more more pixel art than 3D. We were talking about the advantages, the advantages of these two different styles, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm still looking forward to playing it, but I guess I'll see how the style holds up in the in the final mm-hmm. game. Uh, we got a reveal for Shadow Warrior 2. I don't know if any of you guys care about Shadow Warrior. Do we care about Shadow Warrior? I uh, don't know, so mm, I, I haven't really know if I care. A lot of uh, fans of mine really liked it. I gave it a chance once, but I didn't really enjoy it very much. But they're going to try again. Yay. Cool. Uh, mm. More Street Fighter V. Did, did we guys get into this stuff? I have not had time to catch up on it. I'm not going to have time to catch up on a lot of stuff next week, actually, because it's E3. Wait, no, it's actually going to be my job next week, too. But anyways, um... Yeah, they're they're <laughs> unveiling more details of Street Fighter Five. 
apparently there's there's Charlie. Yeah, there's uh there's Charlie and there's also a comeback mechanic called uh V something. I don't V skill. V scale. V scale. And for, at first, what I heard was most people were like, "Oh, comeback mechanic. This is gonna fucking suck." And then when I heard more people like looked at it, they were like, "Oh, this actually doesn't look shitty." This looks like a decent comeback mechanic that's not terrible. So I'm interested. I have not looked at it yet, but um, I'm interested in seeing what it is and what it's all about. Okay, cool. So next stop is something you might have talked with Alex about, and that is the Metal Gear Solid Five preview event from last month. A lot of other smaller media outlets have been released on their embargo this week. Uh, I know that Alex posted a big um, kind of interview style video about this, but I'm wondering if he noticed the the big controversy, which is that some people who are playing this noticed there was room in the HUD for what seemed to be a spot for microtransactions. Mm. Uh In the previous Metal Gear Solid game, Peace Walker, I I did not like that one so much. And one of the reasons why is because you had a kind of base building minigame in between the stealth espionage action where you would Mm. very, very passively wait for timers to fill on a shitload of meters as you played to basically Metal Gear Solid's version of a shallow upgrading a crafting system. Uh, apparently a lot of those features are coming back in Metal Gear Solid 5, and apparently it looks like you might be able to pay money to speed up those meters. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't... I, I mean, I have you, you said Alex probably talked with you about this. I, he hasn't. I know nothing about okay. Metal Gear Solid well, 5, so this is sort of my first hearing about it, you know? And I try... I, I don't, like, get super-duper invested in a lot of spoiler-heavy earlier content, but this is something that I thought was interesting slash scary enough to put on put on the docket and let people know it's it's uh. a little bit weird like i i don't care like i know i shouldn't care about micro microtransactions unless it's like uh something that affects the game um but mm-hmm. it, it's weird that it's there you know and you could we talked about this before when i was playing through uh pokemon shuffle and pokemon yeah. uh battle whatever I, I forgot what the other one was um and because the microtransactions are there the the game the gameplay was changed to to uh, allow microtransaction you know it, because mm-hmm. it's there it changed the gameplay and how you know it was shipped so it, it's it, i wonder how what the microtransaction is going to do to affect the game you know, right. like, uh, is it is it, it going to change the, the the regular design of how the game was supposed to be? I mean, just to allow microtransaction. I, I guess I the, the most harmless option would be them pushing cosmetic purchasables for Metal Gear Online. But like I said, in Peace Walker, you had a base building mini game that required you to fill up uh, not necessarily timered meters. Well, the, the meters weren't timed to real time; they were timed to game time. And if you, they, they were set up in a way that you would get the more advanced meters at the end of the storyline, and because that's how long it would take to fill up those meters. If you couldn't pay money to uh, to speed those meters up, you'd be breaking the natural balance of things. Yeah. Right, yeah. and and that's that's where that comes in, where it's just like, oh, um, what what low like, won't they stoop to to fuck up Metal Gear at this point, really? Right, right. Kojima's not Kojima's not there to defend it. Is that, no, no, he's there. Right he now? just has to put up with their bullshit because they will force him to. Because they're his boss. Don't worry, your um, name is not on it, Kojima. You're straight. You're straight. 
Oh, God, that, that would be super duper sad if they end up going through with that for the final version, because they put those names back online after a few days. Oh, really? I didn't hear oh. about that. Well, yeah, because that was, you know, less terrible news than them <laughs> taking them off in the first place. Right. But, uh, oh, it's, it's a fucking, it's a clusterfuck. So, okay, uh, next stop, we have a Steam summer sale that has begun today. I very, Ooh. unfortunately, this is the weirdest problem to have. Ray. I feel like I have all the stuff on Steam I want, but uh, there's some controversies over developers raising prices and kind of like shoehorning in uh, bundle deals that are advantageous for them. We have Gaijin Entertainment increasing the price of War Thunder in mm. anticipation of a stum- summer sale. We have GTA 4... Uh, removing the base game, or not GTA 4, GTA 5, very, very briefly removing the base game from sale, forcing players mm-hmm. to buy bundles that were put on sale for $60 that included the game, one of two old Rockstar games tacked on, or a lot of in-game currency. You had like three different ways of buying GTA 5 until they put the base game back on, also mm-hmm. for $60, which gives you no incentive to do it. Apparently... Oh. It's uh, this also there's some some paranoia about them trying to prevent people from refunding now with Steam's new refund by tying these purchases into bundles with microtransactions that affect the game. Like I was Mm. talking about the exceptions to Steam's refunding rules last week. That is smart. I mean, it's smart on their part. Also, I guess I don't know, like shady. Yeah, it's shady. They have an extremely one of the best selling games of all time and. They really, really, really don't want to lower the price during a uh, kind of annual Steam sale event that a lot of people depend on. Yep. Wow. Uh, Last but not least is a Oculus Rift press conference that was happening earlier today. Mm -hmm. We have some details, still not solid, good, usable details about what the consumer version of the Oculus Rift is finally going to be like. We have a release window, Q1 2016. We have uh, no word on release pricing, however. But apparently it might be jacked up an extra $30 to $50 because they are including an Xbox One controller in the package. Hmm. Which is Mm -hmm. weird to me. Anyways, um, that is weird. There's some partnerships going on with Microsoft. They're trying to push upgrades with Windows 10 for this thing, which is being done through some really shady driver compatibility issues between the Xbox One controller and Windows 7. So I guess they're Mm -hmm. hoping that if they pack in a Windows 10 dependent controller into this hot new peripheral that may change gaming forever as we know it. It'll encourage more people to upgrade to Windows 10 for $100 or whatever it costs nowadays. Uh, There are new game announcements. What's weird is that Oculus Rift exclusive game announcements are happening. There's something called Edge of Nowhere that's a third-person survival adventure in wintry landscapes. Apparently, Cthulhu creatures are teased to be haunting our hero across this ice. He is going to be climbing up icy cliffs. There might be some motion controls involved. I'm interested, though, that they have clarified it as a third-person game rather than a first-person one, and this is exclusive for Oculus Rift, which means it's already, right out of the gate, going to be breaking some paradigms we've seen established with vr which is the usual first person perspective right just because that makes sense for 
for VR. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this in the uh, before the podcast uh, yeah. when we were talking about the My Little Pony games. Um, oh my the, god! The I forgot that we were talking about that. That that the would they release exclusive games for like if when Valve releases their um, their uh, Oculus Rift um, thing and the Vive. Uh, Oculus Rift. Yeah, the, the hive. Yeah, is that what it's called? No, vive. The vive. The vive. I just remember it because it because it, it's spelled exactly the same as vive. Uh, right. It, it, will <sighs> they, you know, hold games hostage with yeah, this? You know, and not horrible. be able to use it in both. And I, I wonder how easy is the technology f- to to go with uh, each, I guess, head, head headset. You know, like to crack it. Would an Oculus Rift game work well with a, a vive game? Like how? Or could easy you even play it to, without? the oculus rift at all like uh right. it seems like it's awfully right. limiting so your that's market weird isn't it like that's why i was and like still, no there's no way they would do that they still know word of the price tag i mean maybe we'll find out during e3 thing. maybe not yeah and that also i don't know it seems to me like it might kind of not be necessarily be xbox a good sign of confidence yeah. the x controller so, needs to be out of there man like what the heck i don't want my price jacked up 60 bucks I already got an yeah. Xbox controller, and I could use right. any controller I want. You know, I could hook up my 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 uh, the, my stupid uh, Wii U adapter that I got for retail price, and put in my GameCube controllers. Why do I need to use the dang Xbox controller? It also which reminds oh, me, yeah. which reminds me that they just uh, officially, officially for the twelfth time, <laughs> officially revealed the Steam controller's final design. Well, quote final, unquote, final, final. One. The, the final, final, it, final it, it one. It looked though. to me like what it did last time. <laughs> right. But it's the final one this time. Do they have it has a little plus shape indentation on the left touchpad. Do, they, do mm. they have a release window for that thing yet? I don't know. I wonder if I'll I'm be so able to fucking, review it. I'm so fucking indifferent about this controller at this point. Well, you might be even more indifferent to know that Oculus is making a controller... No, it's called good. the no. Oculus Touch, and it's a motion control thingy that you wave your arms around with because oh. a lot of VR games like to do that. I see it. Ah, it looks yeah, it yeah. Looks weird. They're, they're they're these circular um like wands. Oh. It's kind yeah. of like, it's actually okay. It looks okay. Well, right. I don't want shit in my house. Hon- I've talked about this. Honestly, honestly, looking at this looks okay, mm-hmm. but. But when you Google Oculus Touch and the first image <laughs> it's probably is probably not this that. fucking No, it's this fucking stock image of this like very European looking guy from what I can see of his face, like super super like carved jawline <laughs> and everything, wearing the Oculus and he's like super into it. Waving these waving these fucking <laughs> Oculus touches it. around as if he's enjoying himself. <laughs> But I not too enjoying himself. Adult enjoying <laughs> also himself. Also, note his earphones. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is another like, thing that kind of uh, weirds me out. The Oculus Rift is going to be coming with its own set of proprietary earphones. Uh, I you mean, can that doesn't really them. weird me out. What weirds me out is that it doesn't have them stocked to begin that, that, that with that on the actual up the price. Model. Right. Like, you're wearing headphones, or you're wearing the fucking, like, immersive VR. Why wouldn't you want built-in audio capabilities because i have why do a i have to buy a pair of headphones that i spent a lot of money on right but like why would they just assume that everybody has that i don't have that okay um, i think i'm, well, I'm I hope- a little bit with get get have using my own pair of headphones because i have quite a bit yeah and if it's like gonna we, jack the price just like we're the, in the business controller, i don't need 
I don't need any of that stuff. I don't want to pay. Yes. Yeah, but I definitely understand that. Uh, but, but I feel like what we're gonna get, like the headphones we're gonna get, are gonna be crappy. You know. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, like it's this, this it's like getting like the Xbox situation. 360 like head headset in there. You know, that's worth oh, like. Oh, what are you talking about? Yeah, worth so like nothing. I, I really <laughs> break hope by breathing on it. Like, damn. That they have a couple of SKUs, and one of them is just the headset by itself. Maybe a pack of changeable lenses to account for the user's weird vision. But I don't want any stupid headphones. I don't want any stupid Xbox controllers. Ah! Dollar and by, store headphones. And by potentially weird vision. You mean probably normal eye problems that most of the population of everybody experiences. If you need to wear glasses to see to see stuff up close, you might need to, <laughs> to uh, change your your Oculus lens out. But they do have ways of I'm accounting actually, for that. I'm actually. Didn't think about that, but I kind of I'm kind of interested now, considering that uh, my corrective lenses for in my glasses it's it's not a huge change. I can see without my glasses, but focusing on stuff like reading for a long period of time can give me headaches. Yeah, and it it becomes really hard to focus after a while uh, because once one eye is nearsighted, once one eye is farsighted. So I wonder how much that'll affect my experience with the Oculus. You will find out soon after it launches in quarter one, 2016. You might also I get mean, to play at it at E3. Maybe, yeah, I was going to say maybe I should respond to one of these fucking appointment invite emails to E3 about going to see games that I don't Are care you going to be there? I am going to be there. Oh, and I have super about sweet. 45 emails in my inbox that are like, Whoa, we got a game. It's on the iPhone. Come look at it. And it's like, I don't yeah. care. I, um, in fact, I'm, oh. I'm annoyed because every email I've gotten about, I don't care about. It's like the That's one that I was closest to caring about was Deus Ex Mankind Divided. But I've never played a Deus Ex, so I don't really care. You got you to gotta filter. Filter through it. You got to read right. them, I'm but filtering. you also got to not read them. Through it. So anyways, it's, I've been reading all of them um, and I just can't find a game that I care about that I want to make an appointment for. So I'm just going to be wandering aimlessly until I find like <laughs> Monster Hunter X if it's at E3. You mean cross? Cross, whatever. But, Fucking okay. Monster Hunter, the new one. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to, to, to get us all, all, all nice right, and cozy and Sorry. wrapped up. So, but Which brings up an actually really exciting point, and that is that all, well, two of the three of us are going to be like kind of involved in the E3 media circus. I'm going to be posting daily news roundups on the website all next week for all four days of E3. And mm -hmm. um, I assume, uh, Jimmy, what kind of video plans do you guys have uh, have ready for it? Oh. I'm not quite sure. What I do know is that on, uh, let me check the the calendar to make sure I get the date perfectly right. Um, okay, just just open a calendar, please. Just open a calendar, Google Calendar, Calendar, Calendar. On Monday, June 15th, this will be Pacific Standard Time, um, pretty much all day, though. We will be, uh, it'll be myself, uh, Alex, Gerard in the office, anybody else who's going to be around the office. Um, I know that there are going to be people here. I don't remember exactly who, but I know there are going to be people who are not regularly in the office here. We're going to be live streaming reactions to all of the E3 press conferences all day that happen before the actual E3 event happens. So if you want to tune into twitch.tv slash that one video gamer, you will be able to find us uh, watching the E3 press conferences and reacting to them and uh, talking about our thoughts 
discussing what is going on and what we expect, what we like, what we don't like, etc. All that fun stuff. So make sure you go to twitch.tv slash that one video gamer uh, on Monday, June 15th to check that out. Uh, meanwhile, check out the website um, every day, Which is Sunday, Monday, gamer. Tuesday, and Wednesday. I will be ending every day with a about 1,000 word daily roundup and impressions of, uh, of, of the day's events. So uh, it feels weird to say, but your hub for E3 news is here at thatonevideogamer.com. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then, and then a week when it's done, I'm going to have my impressions video uh, like I do every year. I'm going to be really busy next week uh, doing these. <laughs> Alex is actually paying fairly well, but doing doing these E3 posts <laughs> are going to be my job next week. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. That's cool. And um, then I'm going to have my video up on my channel like usual, Super Bunny Hop. It'll be titled whatever is important this year at E3 colon the E3 2015 story. Uh, what do you guys and have planned? Uh, and that channel is youtube.com slash money hop show right right and uh yeah, yeah. and while we're while we're doing that while while george's <laughs> channel is up in the docket what, what about you matt visual what have you been working on, on the channel well, lately by the time this is up i'm gonna have the witcher 3 review finally oh, done God. and my the shackles the shackles will be off and i can shackles. run freely yeah dude you finally enjoy video games again yeah exactly exactly and play stuff and probably probably play some some more weeaboo games because it seems to be very <laughs> popular on the channel now uh yeah, and uh, that, that, that's that's pretty much it fart um fart particles and all all sorts of goodness and, and where can people find oh, your channel uh, if they want to go see that at matt visual on youtube and on twitter oh great and uh and if you guys want to see my channel that i never put videos up on um <laughs> but i've been working on stuff you put a thing on today yeah i put i put a stupid thing up yesterday i don't i don't feel like it counts Splatoon. but hey if it goes if it goes viral it gets me a million Splat views that i'm not gonna complain storm then you can yeah, be a, I made a, a, a Splatoon YouTuber now. I made a stupid, it's a stupid meme where I redubbed Darude Sandstorm with Splatoon song sound effects. But anyway, if you want to see other stuff that isn't that, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash Sundergamer, and I'll be putting up new videos soon. I actually have a couple things in the works. Uh, I've just been waiting on some things to finally go through, and then I'll be able to finish those. But, uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's, it's uh, not youtube.com. It's twitter.com slash user slash sunder cr and uh and you can follow me there for all the stupid stuff and things that i say on the daily i, I noticed that we're retweeting a lot of the same sonic related materials these days because it's so goddamn it's, it's pretty funny. it's pretty good it's pretty great it's great all right <laughs> so anyways we are going to head out now and try to brace ourselves for a crazy week coming up with e3 uh, until then, have a good week, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 I'm so happy.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.